0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets and with a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This is episode number 48, and this week we are reviewing the performance of the global market during the 12th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 20th to Friday the 24th of March. And without further ado, this is your host, Jemuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. Following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, there have been growing concerns about the stability of small and mid-sized regional banks, which have experienced a rush of withdrawals. In light of these developments, the U.S. Treasury on Thursday confirmed that the federal government is committed to deploying emergency actions to secure customer deposits in order to prevent the risk of contagion. On Sunday, the International Monetary Fund called for continued vigilance due to the increased risks to the financial system. The IMF projects that 2023 will be another challenging year and predicts that global growth will slow down to 2.9%, mainly due to the war in Ukraine, as well as monetary tightening by the world's major central banks. On Wednesday, the U.S. Federal Reserve effected a 25 basis point rate hike but indicated that its rate hiking cycle was coming to an end as it expressed caution about the recent banking crisis. This rate hike takes the Fed funds rate to a target range of between 4.75% to 5%. This was the ninth rate hike since March 2022 and the Rate Setting Committee noted that future rate hikes are not guaranteed and will largely depend on incoming economic data. The Fed chairman said that the committee had considered holding back on the rate hike due to the ongoing banking crisis, but ultimately decided to raise rates in order to maintain a sufficiently restrictive monetary policy that will pull inflation down to its target level of 2%. Meanwhile, British households continue to contend with high food and energy prices as inflation in the United Kingdom unexpectedly increased in the month of February. The consumer price index increased by an annual rate of 10.4% in February and this was up from 10.1% in January. And on a monthly basis, the consumer price index was recorded at 1.1%. The surprise increase in February marked a sudden reversal from the previous three months that saw inflation decline gradually from its 41-year peak of 11.1% that was hit in October 2022. On Thursday, the Bank of England decided to hike its benchmark rate by 25 basis points as it continues to grapple with persistently high inflation against the backdrop of instability in the banking sector. The Monetary Policy Committee voted 7 to 2 in favor of raising the bank rate from 4% to 4.25% in a move that was widely anticipated by the markets, especially after UK inflation unexpectedly increased to 10.4% in the month of February. Central banks around the world have been closely monitoring the banking sector following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse, and that is in order to avoid the risk of contagion. Despite the collapse and takeover of Credit Suisse, the Swiss National Bank on Thursday raised its benchmark interest rate by 50 basis points to 1.5%. The Swiss National Bank has been in the spotlight over the past one week after it engineered the takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS. And in the U.S. stock market, stocks rebounded to close the week on a higher note after a volatile trading session that was dominated by fears of a looming banking crisis. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 132 points to close at 32,237. All the major indices recorded a positive week with the Dow gaining 1.2%, while the S&P and the Nasdaq climbed by 1.4% and 1.7% respectively. In the U.S. bond market, the yields on U.S. treasuries slipped on Friday as investors considered the Fed's latest rate hike and its implications for the U.S. economy as well as the global banking system. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond was down by three basis points to 3.37%, whilst the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note also fell by three basis points to 3.77%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil fell on Friday as demand prospects took a hit after the U.S. said that it may take several years to refill the country's strategic petroleum reserves. The United States' petroleum reserves are at their lowest level since 1983, and this follows the sales that were directed by the U.S. President in 2022 in response to a spike in oil prices due to the ongoing war in Ukraine. The international benchmark Brent crude fell 1.3% to 74.96 US dollars a barrel, whilst the US benchmark West Texas Intermediate dipped by 1.1% to 69.22 US dollars a barrel. Both benchmarks were on track to close the week in positive territory after posting significant losses the previous week due to the banking sector crisis and concerns about a possible recession. Meanwhile, the price of Marban oil which Kenya imports increased to $77.26 a barrel from $75.17 the previous week. And in the precious metals market, the price of gold experienced a volatile weak but still closed on a higher note as the risk of contagion in the banking sector bolstered the safe haven demand for bullion. The non-yielding asset also received a boost from the view that the Federal Reserve may be putting a pause on further rate hikes. The price of gold dipped 0.6% to settle at 1,983 US dollars per troy ounce. Market analysts expect gold to climb above $2,000 per ounce by the end of this year. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as is the norm, we start off by looking at exchange rates. Even after the central bank introduced the new Forex code, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus major currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to the central bank, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 131 shillings to the dollar, Compared to 129.76 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the same dollar at above 143 shillings. Meanwhile, sterling pound was priced at 160.78 and the euro was valued at 141.33. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for Ugandan shillings and 17.86 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.36. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $10 million to $6.55 billion, which is equivalent to 3.66 months of import cover. This amount falls below the required threshold and is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to their lowest level in 10 years, and this is the result of increased foreign debt repayments coupled with the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. On Kenya's current account, provisional data on the balance of payments shows that Kenya's current account deficit was estimated at 4.9% of the gross domestic product in the 12 months to January 2023, and this was a decline from 5.6% for a similar period in 2022. The narrower deficit was attributed to a slower growth in imports, as well as a strong performance in the export of goods and services, plus improved remittances from the diaspora. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was tight throughout the week as Tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. Commercial banks excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 14.6 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 7.25%, and this is compared to 6%. 0.91% that was recorded the previous week. During the past week, the average value traded increased to 28.1 billion shillings from 17.9 billion shillings the previous week. For your information, the Central Bank's Monetary Policy Committee is set to meet on Wednesday, the 29th of March, to review the recent developments in the market and to decide the way forward on the central bank rate. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 23rd of March, and the central bank received bids totalling 11.8 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a dismal performance of just 49%. The central bank ended up accepting 11.5 billion shillings for all the three tenors. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable as the 91-day rate increased by 4.9 basis points to 9.82%, while the 182-day rate rose by 5.9 basis points to 10.34%, and the 364-day rate ticked up by just one basis point, to settle at 10.78%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya has published the prospectus for the April bond issue and is looking to raise a total of 50 billion shillings from the sale of three reopened fixed-coupon treasury bonds, whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD2 stroke 2018 stroke 10 with 5.8 years left to maturity and the coupon at 12.502%. The second bond is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 03 with 2.1 years left to maturity and the coupon at 11.766%. The third bond is FXD1 stroke 2019 stroke 15 with 10.9 years left to maturity and the coupon at 12.857%. These bonds are now open for sale until the 4th of April for the first bond and until the 18th of April for the other two bonds. Please note that the interest earned on these bonds is subject to withholding tax at a rate of 10% for those bonds with a maturity of more than 10 years and 15% tax for those bonds with an original maturity of less than 10 years. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory, with the NASI, the NSC 20, and the NSC 25 gaining by 7.3%, 2.2%, and 4.5% respectively. However, their year to date performance remains in the red with losses of 12.9% for the NASI, 6.6% for the NSC 20, and 9.9% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks, such as Safaricom, which increased by 15.6%, while banking stocks such as KCB Group, Cooperative Bank, and Equity Group recorded gains of 14.5%, 2.4%, and 1.3%, respectively. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by other large-cap stocks, such as NCBA Bank, Diamond Trust Bank, and British American Tobacco, that is BAT, which declined by 3.8%, 1.4%, and 1.2%, respectively. During the week, turnover in equities increased significantly by more than 770%, to $197 million. This increase in turnover was attributed to the block transfer of 118 million shares to Diageo Kenya after it completed the acquisition of an additional 15% stake, and this was acquired from minority shareholders, making Diageo Kenya the majority shareholder with a 65% stake in East African breweries. Meanwhile, foreign investors remained net sellers with a net selling position of $1.6 million compared to a net selling position of $8 million recorded the previous week. And this takes the year-to-date net selling position to a total of $37.6 million. In the bond market, turnover in the domestic secondary market increased about 16% during the past week. And in the international market, the yields on Kenya's Eurobonds recorded a mixed performance, with the yield on the 10 year Eurobond that matures in 2024 increasing by 20 basis points from 14% to 14.2%. The rise in yields on Kenya's Eurobonds was mainly attributed to the increased cost of debt servicing, which was recently cited by S&P when it recently downgraded Kenya's credit rating outlook from stable to negative. On Kenya's national debt, according to data obtained from the Central Bank, total government debt as of December 2022 stood at 9 trillion shillings. And this was equally divided between domestic debt, which stood at 4.47 trillion shillings, and foreign external debt that was valued at $37.9 billion, which is equivalent to 4.67 trillion shillings. Next up, we look at the topical issue. And this week, We are looking at the newly launched Foreign Exchange Code. On Wednesday, the Central Bank of Kenya, in its oversight role over the foreign exchange market, decided to enhance its regulation and surveillance through the issuance of the Kenyan Foreign Exchange Code. The FX Code as it's being referred to sets out the principles that will guide commercial banks in their foreign exchange operations with the aim of promoting integrity and facilitating the effective functioning of the wholesale foreign exchange market in Kenya. The central bank said that the code will reinforce Kenya's flexible exchange rate policy but confirmed that it will continue to closely monitor the foreign exchange market due to the growing complexity and emerging risks that are an impediment to fair and effective trading. All said and done, the day after the central bank issued the FX code, the Kenya shilling continued to depreciate versus the U.S. dollar. A random snap check of rates posted by a few commercial banks revealed that they were still selling the dollar, at a range of between 136 on the lower side to 143 on the higher side. This was in contrast to the central bank's official rate, which stood at an average of 131 shillings to the U.S. dollar. In my view, the FX code is a complete waste of time and will not help to revive the interbank forex market, and neither will it eliminate the parallel dollar market. The FX code is just another layer of regulation imposed on the interbank forex market by the central bank. The fact of the matter is this. Given the level of our national debt and the cost of servicing that debt, it is inevitable that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future. All the central bank is trying to achieve is to slow down the rate at which the shilling is depreciating but the regulator is well aware that at the end of the day, market forces will prevail. In other words, there is no one that is bigger than the market, not even the central bank. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. And that is from Apple Podcasts to Google Podcasts and from Spotify to Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriji at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed week ahead. And remember, the value of a product or solution does not depend on your labor, but rather on the utility that it provides the consumer. Think about it.